Hayden, how's it going, bud? It's going great. How are you? Not too bad, man. Hey, look, I really appreciate you coming on the meeting of the mind today. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I can't wait to talk about it. Mindset in general in life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, a lot of parallels that we can bring to wrestling at this point in time, um, especially with what's going on in the world and kind of how we can deal with that, the way that we deal with uh, approaching wrestling matches and things like that. Absolutely. Look, I want to give you a little props first. Uh, you know, I just saw the other day, um, 2020 ACC Wrestler of the Year. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So I got the 2020 ACC Wrestler of the Year, and uh, the also a few days ago they announced I was a Scholar Athlete of the of the Year. So I was able to pick up both of those, which was nice. That's nice, man. And I was going to say that you know, 2020 uh, ACC Scholar Athlete of the Year. That's awesome, man. And which and would you say which one you're more proud of, or, or both both pretty uh, important accomplishments for you? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, my cat just jumped in the live feed, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> I think I'm I might have a kid pretty... jump here in a minute. You never know. <laughs> uh, I'm proud of both of them. Uh, I, I think the wrestling award, especially, is just such a an award that's kind of given out to somebody who's consistent throughout the year. And I thought I had a pretty solid year, and uh, you know, <laughs> getting that was was a, a, a great accomplishment just because of how good the ACC was this year and um, the scholar athlete. Um, award was was special just because uh, I'm not sure a lot of people know um, what I really what I'm involved with in academics but uh, there's a lot that goes into that and to you know be rewarded with that is pretty special um, for certain heck yeah talk about that the time management man to be a you know ACC scholar athlete of year and an all-american for the third time by the way right yeah tell uh, me about how do you balance that time I think you learn as you go. Um, when I first got to campus, I wasn't all that great at it. I, I thought um, I needed to be wrestling way more than I needed to be involved with my work. And it's it's finding a balance. Um, having a right balance just lets you to succeed in, in both aspects of it. Um, and like, especially my redshirt year, I had a pretty bad semester, and I just really need to to like sit back and, and refocus and, and maybe think, all right, I can, I can zone out like two hours of my night and just get everything done. Um, just, uh, just knock it all out and you'll just be way better for it in the morning. You know, when you go to train, it's not going to be on your mind. You know, you're not worried about, you know, taking tests or, or classes or things like that. Um, but it's, it, it's something you learn over time for certain. And it's, it's not going to be, you know, one night you wake up, you know how to do it. I think just, what helped me the most was just getting a schedule and whenever I blocked out two hours I just tried to get my phone away and and just tried to knock it out and, and, it, and it worked pretty well when I did that. absolutely so so would you recommend just doing the two hour straight or would you break that up in what I'll do is I'd probably break it up into an hour I'll do like an hour um, on and then I'll take like five minutes and maybe like I don't know check my phone or one thing that uh, really helped me like in terms of like studying and getting um, homework done is I'll just get like a bag of sunflower seeds and, and spit those constantly. I don't know. There's something about it that gives me a little bit of Zen and it, it helps me just get stuff done. Talk about Zen. I'm a baseball guy. So I love some sunflower seeds. Um, yeah. Any baseball fans on, we got, we got baseball mindset too. And we're trying to grow that brand just like we've grown the, the wrestling mindset brand. Um, 55,000 followers. Um, it, it's important to get the word out there. So I'm going to ask you real straight up. What do you, what do you think, how much is wrestling related to mindset? What percent would you put on it? How, how, how big is, is mindset uh, play a role in wrestling? 
That's an interesting question just because I feel like every movement you do in wrestling, it's like there's a good proportion of it that's both mind and body. And trying to find that right balance between the two um, can really help you out. And so, like, if I had to say, like, a percentage, I'm thinking, like, somewhere around, like, 60%. Just because, like, every physical moment movement you do, there's something going on in your mind that um, you could have made a different choice. But there's a lot of decision-making that goes on. And so I'd say uh, it's hard because it's not like you can scientifically prove it. But I, I would say somewhere around 60%. Um, especially with, like, all the technique that's involved. I feel like there's so many hours of of like trying to get muscle memory, but like the hardest questions aren't about your body in terms of like learning technique. It's like, it's finding out when you would use this, going like putting the risk reward situations in your head, um, thinking about your creative, like your creativity in your head and thinking when would I hit this or when would it be best to hit this, when shouldn't I hit this? And that's just on technique alone. We're not even getting into like confidence or um, resetting yourself during a match or or preparing, mentally preparing yourself for a match. And so it, it, it's more than body. If you just look at it, you've got guys that really are not physical specimens in this sport, and they're, they're able to find an edge. And I think a lot of them do it mentally. And so I think it would be – I think it would be doing a disservice to the sport to say that it's more body than mind because it, it's very, very much mind-focused and – I mean, at some times it feels like it's more 80% than 60%, but um, with all the hours that are involved in trying to get stuff and like just to soak in muscle memory, uh, there's a lot of physical component to that as well. But that's probably the best answer I can give. Yeah, it's hard to put a number on it, but we, but we always find out that uh, the percentage is so high and we have to ask, you know, well, it's okay, you know, it's, you know, it's important. So what are you doing to train the, the mental side of sport? Because um, we do work in all sports. So does NC State and Coach Pop, do you guys do anything to actually train the mental side? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, three sports psychologists on staff here at NC State, and um, they're mostly utilized in, like, one-on-one sessions. Um, we we do have, some, uh, have them come in, and we'll do team activities with them as well. Um, but I would say most of the guys on our team utilize them in, in more of a setting and uh, it all depends on kind of who you um, relate to a little bit more in terms of picking the right one. And um, most of the time, to be honest with you, like talking to the athletes, most of the time it's not necessarily going in every single time and like having like an hour like mind training session. It's more like going in, um, just kind of talking through like what you're going through and, and just having somebody to talk to is, is a really important um, uh, thing for our sports psychologists. And that's what a lot of guys utilize them for. Um, but I've also in the past, um, I think especially once I got to college, one of the issues I had um, with my mindset was just preparing myself for a match and there there's nerves. Um, I was, I was kind of over nerving myself just finding um, the right preparation was the biggest thing for me. And so I u- utilize a sports psychologist for that. And we worked on just trying to create um, like almost like a template for me 10 minutes before a match, five minutes before a match, two minutes before a match as I'm walking out there and just trying to come up with some like mental cues that I can use during the match that can reset myself and, and get myself focused. And so one of the ones I, I use a lot um, 
and like kind of picked up from working with sports psychology in the past has just been, you know, if, if you're in a break of the action, say you go out of bounds and you walk back in, one of the things that I do is I'll just look at my coach and they'll start giving me directions. And I might just look at them for a second and just keep going on my way. But in my head, I'm, I'm listening to them and having them kind of talk me through things is one of my like mental kind of cues where I, I know that I'll, I'll, I'll be able to reset myself in a match. That's good. Um, you touched on so many things. I, I want to I hit on it. So the template, 10 minutes, five minutes, two minutes before, um, is this something that you have written down or do you just know it? I would say it's more just ingrained in my head, but it's, it is a very consistent pattern. Um, I make sure I do the same thing every time. And I think, especially in college, I had to do this just because every match is so big. I think in high school, it was like, yeah, you can go out there and like, I don't know, you could wrestle, um, like you could wrestle like uh, lefty if you wanted to. And it's, it's whatever, like you could kind of like in high school, you could go out there and try things. You could, try different moves or, or work on stuff here in practice. But in college, it's like, all right, it's, these guys are, are legit and you can't take anybody lightly. And so there's a lot that goes on in your head. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I had like a template where I could follow it in every single match, didn't matter if it was national finals or um, the opening round of, of an open tournament. And so uh, what I kind of started doing was I, I probably wrote it down at first and then it just kind of stuck in my head where I can use it. And so like, if I'm, if I'm like 20 minutes out, I'll, I'll just go um, on a strip of mat and sit out and just kind of like stretch out my legs just to keep myself moving. I'll just kind of like bounce them around a little bit, but I'll just sit back and um, just try to get like five minutes of relaxing. And then like 15 minutes comes around, I'll start standing up and bouncing and um, doing more of like the wrestling, like pop, like more of the popular, like warm ups that you see guys doing, like bouncing right. around and, um, and then once like 10 minutes, five minutes starts coming around, I'll probably do a couple of stance and motion goes just because I feel like it helps me, um, my body just kind of like really start the engines up and, uh, it, it, it gets my body into a whole motion where I think at times, um, you know, in, in the past, my body maybe didn't get warmed up until like five seconds into the match where like somebody slaps you on the head and they're like, okay, all right, I'm ready to go. Right. Uh, right. I started to do that, you know, like. I started doing that maybe like five minutes before the match um, now. And so that's just like doing a template like that. And even, even it comes down to your, like, even your expression or the noises you make. Like I've got this really probably annoying habit that everybody's but I always kind of do like a, uh, like a whistle almost before a match. It's kind of like. So I'll kind of make noises like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a train noise almost, and and like uh, it usually involves like the like the drum solo. And Phil Collins in the air tonight. So I'll do that with like a whistle noise, and I don't know. Is there something about that that just kind of gets me ready? And uh, uh-huh. well, you it know, keeps me from looking around. Battle cry, man. That's your battle cry. That's something that we we teach in our in our content. Um, you know, some of the most successful warriors in the world come out there yelling, Indians and, 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 you know, all kinds of, you know, samurais. I mean, they have a they have a common thing that they're doing. That's as a team, but obviously individual as well. You, you're, getting, you're getting into character. Wouldn't you say you have a little alter ego? Yeah, I would say so. I think that especially people don't realize, I mean, I've never felt anything like this in my life, the 
that last, I mean, the last like 15, 20 seconds before a match is, it's an out of body experience that not a lot of people can understand or put into words. And so I think in those 15 seconds, uh, it's, you've got to find something to put your, put your mind at ease and put your body at ease. Um, I feel like that was the biggest thing for me is like, whenever you go out there and you feel like the hair standing up on you, it, I feel like that necessarily can't be like all that good. And so it's just like, whenever you go in there and, and your body's ready and your mind's ready, I started just catching on to like the noises I made or, or just like saying to yourself, like a phrase that you would go out into the mat with that, that's, that sort of helps me out a lot. Yeah. It's the same thing over and over again. You've created this routine. Uh, again, you know, Hey, not, you know, I don't know if you guys in high school did anything, but if you had these processes already in place, I mean, God, man, you've been so successful anyway. How much more successful could you have been? I mean, I hate to even say that, but, but did you have a process in high school? No, I, I don't think I did. Um, it was, it was more, it was different. It was, uh, the consistency wasn't there. It was like, um, I would have, you know, a routine for a match where I knew I was going to win or, you know, but then comes around where you got a guy that's, you know, ranked top 10 in the country. It's like, oh, wow, I, I haven't done this in a while, but, um, I mean, you got to do something. And so you just kind of slap yourself around and go out there. And it was like, there wasn't any thought to it. You know what I mean? Right. It was like, all right, I'm just going to go out there and, and trust what I've done. And, you know, you can trust what you, what you've done to an extent, but then there's still that moment where you've got to act on it and you have to be able to perform. And so, you know, I think in the past, I've always just been like, all right, I've, I've prepared well enough. Um, I go to practice all the time. I, I run, I lift and my conditioning's top notch. And that's what I would just rely on in high school. And then moving into college, I, I probably spent way more time thinking about how I can actually engage myself in those few moments before a match. Right. Man, that's good stuff, man. And a couple, couple other things. You said reset button. That's another topic we, we discuss in match. That's the same thing you, you said. I mean, you can just a mental cue or a physical cue to put you back in the present moment because oftentimes what we find out is we're thinking about past moments in our life and, and we can't shake them. So resetting, getting in the present moment is so important. It's one of my favorite topics and, and, and you hit it. So is there any other things you do to reset it? I mean, maybe if you got taken down first, is there something that you do? Well, yeah, I, I think that's a good point with like the resets. And if you look at the best guys, like, I mean, obviously Burroughs has like the famous kind of like roll up your socks. Like whenever he gets taken down, he, he's on the edge and no socks. And, um, I feel like that's probably a mental cue for him. Um, but like the mental cue, cues I went over earlier, just about looking at my coach, it just, it's just uh, it's just like one of those moments where you can just uh, – I always look at Adam Hall and he's he's got something to say. And even though I don't look at him like, like, like I'm on edge because um, I feel like all I need is for him to say it and then I can hear his voice and it'll kind of walk me through it. It'll walk me – while I'm walking back to the center of the circle – um, it'll just walk me through what I need to do. And so I, I guess I'm trying to think about like physical things I might do, um, after like a takedown, I think it's, it's more along the lines of just look at, look at what your coaches say. Um, and then that kind of resets me about, all right, did I, did I do something wrong or am I missing out on something? Cause usually my coaches are really good at picking out something like, uh, if I'm focusing too much on like an underhook or something like that, usually Adam's got another attack that I can use. And I've listened to him countless times to be able to do something like that. Right. Right. That's awesome. 
it, and it's hard. I mean, you're in that. Okay, first of all, Reynolds is unbelievable now. I mean, you've kind of seen that transformation, and the energy and intensity is in there. How do you even hear what they're saying? I don't know. There's something about being able to recognize somebody's voice, um, especially just with how much Pat is 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 running the drill in the room or Adam's like running me through technique on a weekly, weekly basis. I can pick out their voices. Um, but then again, sometimes you're just not going to hear anything. You're, you're, it's going to be a lost cause as, but, um, the thing that I've noticed in wrestling, um, as you're walking back to the center, um, after an out of bounds or after like a, a stalemate, usually it, it's not too loud. Like unless there's a bad call on the edge, usually you can kind of, you can tell it's not like, a like a constant um, muffling in your ear. It's more of like short, uh, short intense bouts of kind of like craziness and then it'll calm down. And so that's kind of how a wrestling match is anyways, um, like as a wrestler. And so, you know, as, as those like spikes in, in energy happen, it's just, it's just important to just kind of walk back and, uh, and look at the coaches. Right. That's awesome. And it could be something different for everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, and, and we talk about this as well, Hayden. Predator versus prey mentality, and, and to me, you got that predator instinct. Uh, your eyes on the prize, and, and once you're locked in and you're focused, time kind of kind of slows down or, or speeds up. You just don't have no no perception of time, and, and you know you can hear things. Things slow down for you. Some things go faster for you. Um, getting in that flow state's important, wouldn't you say? Yeah, especially I think now, just with with the level I've gotten to, I don't put a whole lot of my mental strain on conditioning. I think it's just like once you hit the mat and I know that I'm prepared enough in terms of conditioning that I can just go out there and, and it's going to be like way faster of a match than I think it's going to be. Like it's going to, time's going to go by a lot faster. And so once you get into that, that zone um, where you really have your edge, I feel like the match just kind of flows. And whenever I'm in that zone, I, I don't need to look over my corner a whole lot. I think they, they know that too. And that's yeah. whenever they want me running back to the center or, yeah. um, or, or just pushing the pace in general. Um, and so that's why, like, whenever you get into that zone, there's not a whole lot of, of like, uh, conversating with the coaches, even through, like, body gestures. They know me well enough where if I'm in that zone, they're just going to send me. Just just go, 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 go. And, uh, and, and they trust me to do that. So that's the ideal situation. Um, it's not always ideal. Um, and so that's whenever I would utilize the mental cues. But, like, getting in that zone is – is a very special feeling for sure. Right. That's awesome, man. Um, so let's take it back a little bit, man. What you been up to since the, the quarantine? Have, have you uh, – I know it was tough for you. First of all, just talk about how that went, how, how it went down with Pop told you, or did he tell you? How did you find out social media like a lot of people? Um, yeah. And how would you take it, man? I know it had to be devastating. Yeah, it, it was uh, for sure a feeling I've never felt before, but we were – we were training that day just in prep for NCAAs. And so we worked out in the morning. Um, and then later on, we were coming in to like do a team activity and then have team dinner. And so we were kind of like outside, just like um, throwing like Frisbee around and, and doing like spike ball and stuff like that, just to kind of keep our minds at ease. And then um, before we were going to go to dinner, uh, our athletic director and Pat called us into like our team meeting room and, um, I mean, they were pretty, like, simple and blunt about it, which was good. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, good things you could possibly say at that moment, but they did it in a way that um, made it feel like it wasn't our fault 
And I think that's what they were worried about. It's like, you know, there's, there's nothing we could have done about it. It's, it's just way out of our hands. And it's not like anybody was picking on us. That was kind of the message that they were trying to send. Right. And, uh, you know, it was a really good, good way for them to do it because it, it could have been a very emotional room and, and it, and it was, it was very like vulnerable, I guess. That's what I've kind of told people looking around and, um, a grown men cry. I'm sure. I mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard. You see these guys that are like warriors that you go into the room with every day and, you know, it's, it's very rare that you see that other side of, of a team. Right. Um, and I mean, it, we've grown from that. I think just being, being with each other for that moment, I'm, I'm glad we were together for it and not, you know, just send out a text or. Yeah, absolutely. That, well, at least you were there for each other and you all experienced the same thing at the same time. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And there's a whole other, I mean, there's stories everywhere. That's why I love this meeting of the minds. Um, just hearing how, how people have been impacted is, is unbelievable. Now, what are you doing now? Are you staying in shape or are you still training? Yeah, so I've been pretty lucky, actually. Um, you got a brother you can drill with every day. I know that. Yeah, yeah. So Trent and I have been able to drill. We've got um, we've got a mat in our garage back home in PA, and, and so we've been able to utilize that a lot. And we have some. I mean, we have a pretty basic weight set, but we have enough where um, we can push ourselves with it. And so we've got a bar and um, a bench and we've got weights like up to 300 pounds that you can use. So it, it's pretty, given the circumstances, we're pretty lucky and fortunate. Um, I would say that I'm probably on the mat like two to three times a week. Um, again, just because it is kind of like an off season, like it's hard to like the way I've kind of talked about it is like, I don't feel like I earned like a time off almost just because like NCAAs didn't happen, but I've been I've been taking it easy in terms of being on the mat, um, but you know the the members only gym we've developed over in uh, in Lewistown is it's been good just so we can work technique and and keep right. our our body just kind of sharp with with wrestling. But outside of that, I've done a lot more running. I, I just feel like it it helps me find my my. Oh yeah, you're so used to going into the room every day they're so going used to going in the restroom and then like for me that's peace um i find a lot of peace being able to do that and i i found some peace uh just going out on the road and and, and running i feel like it helps clear clear my thoughts pretty well right i see i see a shout out members only uh who's that mo biggio biggio <laughs> i guess you know who that is huh? yeah so we have this sign in there um it just says members only my dad picked it up from an old country club and I so like that. uh so we've been having fun with that. There's about uh, probably four members at this point. I like that. Hey, look, I got another question from the. You want to take? What advice would you give your your freshman Hayden Hadley self? Well, I think we talked about earlier the academic side of things. Once I started clicking academically, I feel like everything fell into place way more easily than than what it had before. Um, whenever uh, I was a red shirt. I had at some point in time, I like I wasn't competing for the team. And so um, I wanted to be a good teammate. And, and what I would do is I would wrestle with um, all the guys around me, like the starters in an in individual technique session. And so at some point in time, I would have like, I would have three or four workouts a day lined up. And it was just too much. And I, I, I didn't, 
I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have been like maybe spending two of those hours like more concentrated on on my schooling. And once I got school figured out, I, I felt like it was just took such a, a load off my back. And um, yeah, that would definitely be a word of advice I would I would give myself is maybe let some of the other red shirts take some of the technique sessions with the starter. But uh, <laughs> you get beat up on every day, huh? Yeah, it, it was good for me though in the long run. Uh, I just took took some learning curve to figure it all out. Um, yeah, and it usually does. And it, that, that's that's good thing about wrestling. They will give give you guys a red shirt early on. I mean, some some guys are competing right away. Obviously, obviously, you probably could have, um, but probably one of the best things that happened to you getting that red shirt. Yes, I, I mean, at the time it was really hard because. Um, I came in and we had a senior who was like a top 10 guy and he got hurt. Um, and so they needed somebody to fill in and, you know, I thought that I was ready for it and I, I believe I could have done well that year, but, um, they brought another guy out of red shirt and had him wrestle. And looking back now is, it was, it was a, a really great decision that the coaches made because I think they were under the, you know, the guidelines of no matter what happens, he's staying in red shirt just because they think that they thought I needed it. And, you know, I felt like that whole year training and, and getting myself completely ready. Um, it, it was just so important for me to, to jump levels next year. And I was able to, to come in and just get off to a spreading start. And uh, that red shirt freshman year w was very special just because I felt like I had waited so long for my opportunity. Right, so it made it a little bit more sweet when uh, when you got to come out of red shirt the next year. Had a pretty daggone good year, right? Yeah, I did all right. Um, I felt like it was just like, wow, I've I've been I've been in the trenches with with my teammates, but I don't think they've really fully been able to see how um, how motivated and how much potential I had. And that red shirt freshman year, when we had a lot of seniors on the team. It was like Kevin Jack, Pete Redd, Bo Donahue, Mike Mock, and even some other older guys. I was happy to be able to wrestle with those guys because I learned so much from them in the previous year. And I was just like, all right, I'm one of these guys. I, I want to be a guy who can score team points for the, for them. And uh, that was that was such a special team. Yeah. Well, speaking of special teams, I, I know this year was pretty special having your brother. Uh, and then, you know, you guys were on pace. Did you feel at any point that you had a legitimate shot of winning a national championship as a team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the uh, like Iowa and Penn State, they were very talented across the board. But we always felt that we had six guys that, that could show up at the national tournament. And, and that's kind of what you need. And uh, we have, have guys on the team that live for those moments. Um, you know, maybe they didn't have the, the greatest year in the regular season, but uh, they were going to step up at the national tournament. And, uh, you know, we had myself and Trent, who were in the top four at, at all points of the year. Um, and then we also had guys, too, that were just coming on toward the end of the year. Uh, Camacho had, had beat um, a top three guy at the ACC tournament. Tariq still hadn't um, uh, you know, hit his like full potential of the year yet, but we all know that him at nationals is like is crazy dangerous and so we knew that we would have guys that, that could get put in the national finals and um we always believed in our coaches and you know we didn't get that opportunity to kind of show how great of a team we were i felt like we were kind of uh not overlooked i, I don't think we're overlooked as a program anymore but 
we maybe just needed one more showcase where we could show how great of a team that we were. And, you know, everybody knows that NC State's a great dual team, but uh, we're, we're a solid tournament team as well. And, uh, we, we were one of those teams that really wanted to show it because we've got a lot of guys on this team that they're stars and, and they, I feel like the wrestling community would, would really, would really like us as a team. I think that we're very entertaining. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a show for sure. And Pop, hey man, he puts on a show. It's a, it's a great environment for wrestling in Raleigh. There's no doubt about it. Um, that UNC duel this year, what, did that give you chills thinking about it? Yeah, I, the first moment that I realized that this was way bigger than myself was um, when we walked out for the captain's meeting and I looked around and every single seat was, was covered in red. And I saw people like stand at the top and it looked like they were kind of like i don't know doing pull-ups on the on the ceiling rafters and it was <laughs> like the coolest thing ever that that is uh, i've never seen a dual meet like that um especially just with with the rivalry that's kind of been forming and we were just able to you know bring in fans that necessarily aren't wrestling fans and you know there were so many of them that after that match you're like oh my goodness what have i been missing right and, especially in like a state like North Carolina that's so basketball centric, it, it can get lost at times of how great of a team we were. And you've got some NC state fans, you'll see at football games and a lot of them just don't know. They, they were never introduced to it in high school. Right. And, uh, and so now that we kind of have our foot in the door with those fans, like they're incredible fans and, and very passionate. Um, just go to a, a, a football tailgate and you'll find that out. That was the kind of the key. We needed to get those people you know, with their foot in the door and, and get them in Reynolds. And I, I think once we drew them in to an event like that, it's, it's going to be hard for them not to want to come back and, and keep supporting us. No doubt about it. Um, I had a question from the audience here. He said, uh, Thorn Grove, actually Thorn wrestles for me in high school, so I'm going to give it to him. How did you get introduced to wrestling? So uh, whenever I was in kindergarten, um, up until that point, my dad played basketball. My older brother played basketball. Um, you know, my dad played college football. Uh, my older brother played college football. And so it was like we were very football, basketball, baseball, and, and nobody had ever wrestled before. And so I was kind of like walking home from school with some of the older guys that uh, used to walk me back from that were in my neighborhood. And they just kind of saw that I was athletic and they were trying to recruit guys to the wrestling team. And, it was more of like a dare, like, okay, like a, uh, like a Hydley won't wrestle or something like that. And I was like, I don't care. I'll wrestle. It's not a big deal to me. And so, like, I showed up and was immediately hooked. And so it was more of just, like, no good reason at all. Nobody in my family did it. None of my friends did it. It was just some of the neighborhood kids kind of challenged me to see if I was good at it, and it turns out I was. Pretty good. Pretty good, I'd have to say. Um so kindergarten, man, that, that's that's starting pretty early. And, and did you still play other sports growing up, or did you say, you know what, this is what I want to do? I still played other sports. So I did um, wrestling, baseball, and football up until I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. And then um, I must have been in seventh grade playing junior high football. And it was really then, like, after the games, I would just be like, I have no idea how I'm surviving out there. I'm, like, five foot two. And just like running around and like basically hitting people in low singles just to tackle them. And so it's like, I think it's probably best to give this up. One, because I don't, 
I don't, know, I don't think I'm that good at it. And, and I was so small. And so it was like, all right, I, I think I really just enjoy wrestling. And um, I, I'll just want to try to focus on freestyle and Greco in the summers. And, you know, that's kind of like a different sport in itself. And so it, it really that, – that definitely helped me out transitioning. I feel like I transitioned at the right time, though. It was – it was on my terms. And it yeah, when was, was that? I'd, I'd like to know that transition phase. When, when did that happen? I, I would say it was probably like, I'd say full-time wrestling took place at like fifth and sixth grade. I was doing it year round and still doing other sports. And then like seventh grade comes around. I start to realize that I'm pretty good at it, you know, at a national level. And I just thought, you know, I, I'm willing to give these other sports up just because my heart's not in them completely. And it was, it's on my terms. I've seen a lot of people burn out from like just trying to wrestle all year round. But for me, it was like, I, I was able to find enjoyment out of doing it. And so it, it was, it was probably when I was like, you know, 13 or 14 years old. So, so you'd have to agree with this. I, I would imagine I hate to put words in your mouth, but it is doing that, getting into Grefco and freestyle middle school, high school, you know, really early important to be successful and important to get to the collegiate level. Yeah, I mean, even looking back early, just like in my early wrestling, like career, like it was really serious, and uh, you know we took it seriously and we trained serious, and so, like even in like Pennsylvania junior wrestling, like uh, one of the things I talk about all the time is people don't realize how good like Pennsylvania junior wrestling is. It's that whenever I was, you know, eight through twelve years old, I lost to. Spencer Lee twice in the state finals. I lost to Vincenzo Joseph. And so it's like we're wrestling those elite guys like when we're like eight years old. And it's just such a, a culture of, of wrestling and, and, and training hard and, and it being like kind of centered to your lives almost. And so it was all I've always had the same drive for it. And it's always been important for me to, to train and, and learn more. And uh, it just like went to a different level, like whenever you get older because you're more mature and, and you don't need you, know, you, you can make decisions for yourself on how how long of you know commitments you want to make to it um and so like i i knew i i you know a lot of people get really good once they get to high school or get really good when they go to college but i still believe that you know my body of work you know growing up is, has helped me out a lot absolutely and the iron sharpens iron you talk about that those guys that were competing with you man you were making each other better seeing how they were getting better and you wanted to get as, as good as them or better than those guys and, and still still competing at a high, high level. That's awesome. Um, let's see, where we got? So so after you found out um, your season was canceled, I mean, with you parentally being a national championship contender, like where did your mind go? Were you, were you so pissed off that uh, you didn't have a shot? Um, where did it go? Where did your mind take you? I think at first it was just so confusing. I didn't know what to do because usually um, in that situation, I'm one of the older guys in the team and I've, I've been around a lot and, you know, I feel like I should have answers for stuff. And because uh, usually I'm one of the guys that people will go to for, for that. But in the moment, it's so confusing and you're not sure how to, how to turn it into a positive or turn it into something um, that fuels you but i would say a couple of days later i i just wanted to create something to make this year like not worth nothing because that's what it felt like and so like what i would came up with is just all right next year is just worth double 
it's a it's a double or nothing bet. I know I know what I was going to do at the national tournament. I know how good I am, and I know I was going to find success. And so it's like, all right, next year it, it's double or nothing. You know, I go and I win a national championship next year. In my head, I'm going to be a two-time national champion. I, I know people probably will be upset to hear that, but in my head, that's the way I think about it. Um, and it's really helped me out just finding motivation to train and, and finding that that edge that I still had throughout the year. I still have it now just because when times are tough and, and it, it feels like you've got a raw deal, it's, it's double or nothing. And that moment, you know, once I finish out my college career, it's, it's going to be all worth it. Just because I had, I had trained for this moment and I didn't get it this year, but I'm still holding out hope that I can have it next year. Yeah, man, and and I wish you all the luck in the world. I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna run right into that, um, and it's gonna be that freight train coming that you talked about. I know you'll be whistling, whistling Dixie, man, a little North <laughs> Carolina style. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, some of the the Southern guys on our team is rubbing off. Um, I don't know if they're giving me full membership in the Dixie yet, but. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy that. I, I think they're they're kind of allowing me to have half membership at this hey, point. You, you go where you want to go, man. I don't think anybody's going to stop you at the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it won't be me. I can tell you that. So, so with that in mind, um, can you see that event? Can you see it in your head happening next year? Have you already put yourself there yet, or is that something that uh, is still to come? I mean, there's some fear. I, I think with with what's going on today, it's like, all right, if if college football doesn't happen, it, it looks like we're not going to happen. And so all of our, I feel like us as a sport kind of revolves around, all right, is, is football happening? Are they bringing in money? And so there's definite, there's definite fear thinking about it in that way. Um, but I try not to, I, I think there's nothing good that can come from that. And uh, I'm not putting myself in a, in a mindset where, okay, it's definitely going to happen or it's definitely not going to happen. I'm just kind of taking it day by day and just training the way I would, prepare the way I would um, to the best that I can, given these kind of bizarre circumstances. But, I mean, I just don't think it's it, it'll help me out if I look at things in the negative or if I look at things in the way too positive. I'm trying to find that middle ground where I still have it. You know, I understand what the consequences could be, um, but I also want to hold out some hope and, and keep that same mindset um, into next year that I would if it, if it was just things were going as planned. Yeah, and if you looked at the negative, here, a, great, a great man told me once that you know, fear is going to make you freeze. And I'm sure you've had some fearful moments here you know, in the last 30. I don't even know what day it is. I don't keep up with it. But I'm sure there's been some fear creeping in. But, but how do you keep the faith? Uh, to me, it sounds like you, you know you're going to be a double, you know, two-time national champ. What keeps you motivated to continue to work while other people are probably sleeping? Yeah, I, I just try to write write stuff around and and try to have it on my phone. Like whenever I open up my phone screen, it's it's two slash zero, so double or nothing. And it just like I don't know. I I it, it might be a little corny, but it's 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 something that I stare at every day. It's like the first you know thought that comes out of my mind when I wake up. It's like all right, let's put my feet on the ground and we're going double or nothing today. And I, I just really have, have caught on to that these past few weeks. That, that gives me all the motivation I need because when I say double or nothing, it's like that intrinsic value of competing is, is so driving that I don't care about what people value me as. I don't care what 
um, a trophy says, I know intrinsically that that's going to motivate me to win, you know, me calling myself a two-time national champion when this is done is way more motivating than any award somebody could give me. You know, if it doesn't happen, I put it all out on the line and it's, it's something I'm, I'm willing to live with. Uh, but I, but right now, um, when I wake up and I, I see double or nothing on my phone, it's put your feet on the ground. Let's go. Yeah. I bet, I bet if you got in that event, you'd be willing to die for it too, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Tough kid. Um, Wow, man, this has been great for me. I, you know, I've got a lot of my, my athletes I'm working with for Wrestling Mindset on, I hope. They, you know, Isaiah asked a question earlier. I got some of my high school athletes. I, you know, I wanted to make sure they were in on this. Um, they really look up to you, and you keep doing what you're doing. Things are going to work out the way the way they're supposed to work out, and I know you believe that. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate um, sitting down and talking like this. I, I've never gone – in depth really and especially with my my pre-match kind of template that i do i've never really talked about that um and just like trying to get trying to get more um involved with with my mind is still it's still something that i can work on and so just having reminders like this is is, is definitely um uh, very good for me all right that's awesome man i appreciate that and um is there anything you'd like to just give uh, the audience, I guess we we got 18 viewers. I'm hoping a whole lot more watch it. I'm gonna save it because this is this is golden. Uh, anything else you wanna tell somebody special? Anything special? Yeah, I think one thing that's kind of troubled me, I guess, in the past few weeks is just the the effect that all this probably has on small business and family business. And so, I think when all of this is said and done, I think we really need to support them. I think nobody should be supporting large corporations um as much as you can um whenever all this stuff opens up i, I know whenever everything is back to somewhat of a normal level I, i'm going to do my best to try to buy local and, and support family businesses and whether that's i don't know supporting like the chinese family who who is running a restaurant or it's um you know going to a local deli i feel like that's something that we all can do to help help out people in our community um and i know some people are hit by it harder than others and you know even my um hometown kind of like it's very rural and there's not that many cases but everything's still shut down and uh you know i feel really bad for the for the businesses that are, are doing so well there and so i want to make sure once all this is um whenever i can support them again i want to make sure i do that more than i would you know ever think of Absolutely. And that's a great, great point. And, um, you know, especially in your hometown, it, it's, it's, you see it, I guess um, you did say you were back home, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing it firsthand. Um, now let me ask you this before you get out. What drew you to Raleigh? What drew you to Raleigh? What pop say? How did it get you in there? Yeah. So it's an interesting story just because I have no connection to, to Raleigh or, or anything. I had no idea about the culture, um, the city of Raleigh, I had no idea what it was. And so I had no idea how the university was, what like a typical NC State student was, but I knew it probably wasn't me. And so when I came down there, I just, I tried to focus on, um, I just tried to focus on, all right, what is this wrestling team like? And, and do I fit in with them culturally? Um, and when I saw these guys come in and, and I was a big recruit for them, and, you know, they made sure that everything on my visit 
um, was what they'd hoped it would be. And they really made a big push for me to feel comfortable with those guys. And uh, when I walked in with my mom and we just saw guys just kicking the crap out of each other in the room, it was like, holy smokes, this, this seems like a place I could, I could do, you know, they've got rock and mule rock and roll music blaring and, you know, every, everything down to the details of like what my favorite snack was, they had it there for me. And it was like, these guys are giving me so much. They're, you know, they want me to be here so badly. And I didn't feel like that for other schools. I felt like it was like, yeah, you can come here and it'll, it'll all work out. But right. these guys had, these guys had a gap that they wanted. And um, I just, it, it was never a question really. And, and now that I'm here, I've learned so much about the state and the city. It's like, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've kind of learned the, the, the Southern culture, I, I guess. And that's really special. And I think it, what's, it's what makes this university. And even though I might not be a typical NC State student, it, it's still um, a lot of honor for me to be able to represent our university. Yeah, it's a great place. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty close to so about 30 minutes away. And, and, you know, I get the opportunity to check you guys out often. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back in the gym, to seeing you guys. And, and maybe one day you can come, come, come teach the uh, Underhook series you got going on to my guys. What's up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm down. All right, man. Hey, look, I appreciate your time, Hayden. And, uh, you know, we know that mindset makes a difference. And, and you keeping that positive attitude, I know you're going to be doubling up, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care, man. Yep. Appreciate everybody stopping in for the meeting of the month. Peyton Hindley, man, what a great kid. Great interview. And um, I hope you learned something. Until next time. Well, I'll tell you about next time. we got Neil Ershman coming on the show on Wednesday, 11 o'clock. Thursday, 11 o'clock. Thursday, 11 o'clock. Neil Ershman, Little Rock, Arkansas head coach. Looking forward to that. Um, and until next time, Coach Croc is out. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. I'm Gene Zanetti from Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you check out our website, wrestlingmindset.com. Get our ebook. Make sure you get that ebook. Great information. Represents some of the best information that we have. Lessons that we've learned from some of the top wrestlers in the world. Lessons that we've learned from our own experience and the best that research can provide. Get the ebook, wrestlingmindset.com. Also, as an individual, make sure you personally sign up for the one-on-one free mindset consultation. The one-on-one free mindset consultation. Make sure you fill out the form and do that as soon as possible. The best results always come from one-on-one individual attention, whether it's strength training, whether it's technique, or whether it's mindset. One-on-one individual attention is always the best. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you join us again for our next podcast. Mindset makes the difference. Have a great day.